Happiness runs in a circular motion. Thought is like a little boat upon the sea. Hello, and welcome to Campfires and Color Wars, a podcast about summer camps and the stories we love to tell about them. Like the time Jeff Bialak got way too excited during his kissing scene with Judy Golden during a performance of The Pajama Game. I'm your host, Micah Hart, and for the next 45 minutes or so, we're going to press pause on the world around us and transport back to the days of our adolescence when the school year was just one long rest hour between days at camp. I'm happy to be joined tonight by two special guests, Mike Klotz and Leah Tinnen. Mike is an attorney uh, living in San Francisco, and Leah is the assistant program director at the Simmons College School of Social Work, uh, and just so happens to also be my sister. So, hi, Mike. Hi, Leah. <laughs> hey. Hey, Micah. Hey, Leah. Really excited to be here with you guys today. Yeah. Me thanks. Uh, thanks for joining. Uh, a quick reminder. Oh, hi, you invited me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll get into that later. Uh, a quick reminder, uh, you can subscribe to the podcast uh, if you're so inclined. Uh, if you are so inclined, uh, on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, SoundCloud, etc. And uh, please follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Summer Camp Pod. Uh, but before, uh, before we dive into tonight's episode, I wanted to discuss a little news uh, in the camping world. Uh, I came across an article in the last few days... Um, about uh, walls coming down uh, between a Jewish camp and its neighbors, which is always a nice story to hear in general, um, but especially, you know, given the current state of world affairs. Uh, and actually fairly close to home, um, Camp Derome, which is a Ramah camp in the North Georgia mountains. Uh, there's a story about uh, there's been a lot of forest fires in the last month or so in, uh, in Georgia, and um, I guess they used Camp Jerome uh, as a base to sort of fight a lot of the fires. Um, and so because of that, there were a lot of people staying there. Um, and uh, if you know North Georgia at all, or really any of Georgia outside of Atlanta, you would know that uh, there's not a lot of uh, diversity in terms of uh, Judaism. So uh, it was really the first opportunity for a lot of uh, the neighboring uh, counties and the people in in uh, in North Georgia to get to know um, some of the uh, people working at Camp Jerome at Camp Ramah, um, and so you know, always nice to hear a little uplifting uh, story like that. Uh, I'm sure there are a lot of other camps that have had similar uh, scenarios. I know Jacob's Camp uh, with the Hurricane Katrina and even the flooding recently in Baton Rouge uh, has taken in um, people to stay. Um, but uh, that brings me to our guests, uh, Leah and Mike, who are, I wanted to have you guys on um, because we all share something in common, uh, and that is that we are all camp director's kids, um, which we discussed very briefly uh, on the last episode. Um, but I just thought it would be interesting to hear um, from your perspectives and, and give my own as well. Uh, you know what it's like growing up uh, as the child of the director of a camp, um, and how how it may differ from place to place, or what we you know what we have in common. Um, but uh, you know, Mike, I'll, I'll start with you because I have some semblance of what it was like for Leia. Uh, first of all, uh, we've talked a little bit about it, but but just give everybody a little bit of your camp background. Sure, happy to, Mike. Uh, um, so. I've been involved in camp, you know, some way in some form for pretty much my whole life. It started 
when I was almost born in the Camp Canton Cottage, but my mom was smart enough to get back to Cincinnati before uh, well, she left my dad there closing up camp. Um, I grew up at camp when I was a kid until I was young enough to be in Gucci's day camp in Camp Catan, and then I was a, uh, a camper for seven years, uh, and I was an abadonic and a counselor, and uh, all the way up until I was an assistant unit head when I was about 20. Um, so I spent a lot of time at camp, um, and it's always had a very, you know, obviously a very special place in my family. So aside from the, the times that I spent there in the summer, I also spent a lot of time with my friends and my family there during the off-season, which were also some of the most special and memorable times at, at camp for me. That's that's so interesting. Um, it's funny that the, the nugget I picked out there was uh, you were an assistant unit head, or did you say an assistant camp director? Oh yeah, assistant unit head. If I said assistant camp director, then uh, I made that up. Okay, no, I thought you yeah. said assistant unit head, and then I thought, well, maybe I'm being crazy because I've never heard that term. And so, if I were not a camp director's kid, I would probably say, "Did you get to do that because you were the camp director's kid?" <laughs> <laughs> No, that's what they. That was uh, when Laura Kaufman and I and Frank DeWaskin were um, were doing Abadan '96. Laura and I were the assistant unit heads, and Frank uh, at that time was that was the head unit head. So that was what they called our positions. But that was a, and that was an awesome summer. Gotcha. Um, so you obviously went to Gucci, uh, which is a, uh, a frequent topic of conversation on this podcast. As our previous, uh, our former uh, co-host Judy uh, Becker was. Uh, grew up at Gucci, also went to Jacobs. Um, Leia, uh, again, uh, for those who, who don't know you, do you want to give your, your camp background as well? Sure. And this is just a great, you know, world colliding also because Mike and I have basically been friends since we were, I guess, what, eight, nine, something like that. But Yeah, something like that. Be, we wouldn't be if, well, I suppose so. We wouldn't be if I had not... Uh, defected essentially from Jacobs and gone to Gucci. Um, so just a quick version is that our Micah and my, our dad, Basie Hart's director of Jacobs camp, Mike's dad, Ron Klotz, the director of Gucci, both like the, at the time, the two smallest camps in the reform movement, they were good buddies. So when I wanted to go away to camp, that's where they sent me. Um, and it was really probably the best thing that ever happened to me. Um, so I grew up at two camps. I spent, in terms of camper staff and all that stuff, eight summers at both camps, um, at Gucci, all camping years. I was in Avodah with Mike, and then I was in Mahon, which is like a junior counselor. Um, and then at Jacobs, all the way camper, and then I was a counselor for two summers. Um, yeah, I mean, so there's a lot more details to that, but so, I, I love that. Yeah. So you went to Gucci because you wanted to? I mean, not necessarily that you wanted to go to Gucci, but you wanted to not go to Jacobs? Uh, you know, that, that part is a little fuzzy. I can't remember if it was like this, well, we just want you to go away to a different camp to have that experience, because I don't think I was in my uh, adolescent phase where <laughs> I was uh, having social issues. Um, but, you know, I'm the oldest child, Um that means some things. I had some parental shenanigans going on and I had a lot of my own stuff about being the camp director's daughter. So once I started going to Gucci, it felt very different. I felt like I was going away to camp where no one knew me as anybody else than Leia Hart as opposed to like, oh, you're Macy's daughter. And for a long time, if someone greeted me with, oh, you're Macy's daughter, I immediately went into attitude problems. <laughs> 
Um, That's my, pretty funny, Leanne, yeah. I should say that, because my, my dad used to make the same offer to me. I never took him up on it, but I remember my dad saying to me when I was a kid, too, he'd be like, you know, you should go to Jacob's Camp, or you should go to Cook's, yeah. or something like that. And it was something yeah. that, you know, he, he always, and I think he wanted, you know, the experience that you're talking about right now, I think he was, he was conscious of that and wanted to make sure that, you know, if I wanted that, that he was encouraging it. And, and I remember him saying that to me a couple of times. I, n- I never did that. Um, yeah. I always ended yeah. up, I always ended up kind of back at Gucci, but, um, but that's, that's interesting. It's, right. And, it, you know, sorry, go when ahead. I was, I was in, when I was in Denver with you guys, Jeremy and I were actually talking about that and he was like, I kind of wish I had gone. I don't know why I never did. And just, I am kind of jealous a little, I think, that you never felt like this need to go anywhere else once you, you know, were kind of old enough to make that decision. So I, I don't really know what that is like. So And see, it's funny to me because I always think about, you know, and, and I'm curious, Mike, if maybe this is a shared philosophy for your dad or if this is a Macy thing. But sure. Macy would never accept a child making that kind of decision like kid doesn't want to go to camp that's that's too bad you're going to camp if your parents want you to go to camp so it's funny to me that your dad a camp director was like you should go to this other camp and then you got to decide not to like that wouldn't fly uh (laughs) with macy it's true it's it's funny you say that i i think you know um I mean, Jeremy and I, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, my dad definitely, you know, pitched that to us to go to other camps as like a proposition. Um, I think, you know, for us, you know, what the decision of whether or not to go to camp was, you know, I think, you know, being a kid, I, I don't think it was ever something that we were, you know, forced to do or the decision was made for us. But for us, it was a, a comfortable decision and it was one that we really looked forward to. I mean, um mm-hmm. You know, a lot. I met a lot of my best friends at camp, and you know, for me, um, like I think a lot of kids, like camp was a safe place to, you yeah. know, to to be who I was, and um, to go out there and make my own friends, and to, you know, to meet kids who were different ages, and to really kind of come out of my shell from, you know, where I was like going to school at the Hebrew Academy or Westlane Middle School or whatever, you know, and um, and so that was something that was that was very important to me, especially as I was, you know, a camper at camp and stuff. And, you know, right. I think my, um, you know, m- my dad was actually really good um, <clears throat> at, at least the way, this is the way I remember it, um, I, he was really good at, at being pretty hands-off in terms of, um, you know, me being the director's kid at, at camp. Um, I think that, Lay, I totally know what you're talking about. And there yeah. were definitely a lot of people who looked at me and they're, they're like, you're, you're Ron Glotz's kid. You know, I'm 40 years old, and that still happens to me today. <laughs> so, you know, when you're like, we're when you're 40? like, when you're like, yeah. So when you're, um, you know, when you're at camp and like that's happening, like I, t- I totally get it. But he was, yeah. he was pretty good about, you know, kind of yeah. letting us do our thing. And I, I took as much advantage of that as I could. And I never, I never felt like, I guess to his credit, you know, I never really felt like that was a hindrance to kind of me having the, the camp experience that, that I wanted right. to have at Gucci. So did you yeah, go, I... sorry, did you go both sessions every year or did you go one session and then stay home? So I, so, well, 
I, my family used to move to camp. So my mom and my brother and I, we would all move out there, you know, a couple of weeks before, you know, orientation started. And, you know, we were there when, op- when the, the, you know, the kids who were coming to like open camp and, you know, paint all the bathrooms and do all that kind of stuff and get all the, the beds and the cabins. Like we were there when that would happen. And so my mom and my brother and I, when we were, when Jared and I were really young, we would live in the in the last three rooms of the motel units, like room 14, 15, mm-hmm. and 16 over there. And so before mm-hmm. I was old enough to go to camp, I used, I used to live at camp with my mom and right. just bum around and, and be a staff brat and go play tennis and, and hang out at the pool and, and cause trouble, you know. And that's how it was for us, too. And we actually, actually lived at camp full time, at Jacob's camp, until it was time for me to go to kindergarten. So, you know, that was still really young, and Micah was there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I was about, I, I was about I remember, two. Yeah, and Hannah was a, like a baby when we moved to Jackson. Um, but that being at camp when no one else was there, both before and after, is something that I, I remember. I mean, like, I have the pool all to myself and the art room and that, yeah, that fun. stuff was all really, that stuff was all really cool. Um, yeah, as a, a kid, that's it's an awesome experience, I yeah. feel like. Well, just what Mike was saying about camp being like a safe place to really kind of figure out who you are and be yourself. And that's how I felt at Gucci. I did not feel like that was the case at Jacobs. And I am pretty sure that it just had a lot to do with just my personality and, and Deb's personality. It wasn't anything that Macy did. Um, I'm, I would be willing to bet that Macy was very hands-off. Um, I just, you know, I have my own memory of stuff. Um, but how Mike felt about being in Gucci, that's exactly how I felt. And that was my safe haven because, you know, high school was not that fun for me. So, yeah. And I had the same, I had the same experience, you know, and, um, and, you know, my relationship with my dad, you know, I mean, our true colors, you know, came out, I think a lot more once I was a counselor and once I, you know, worked in, you know, helping with Abodan and that kind of stuff when I, you know, all of a sudden was sitting in meetings with him and things like that, then all of a sudden there was a, a little bit of a different dynamic because we are two very yeah. stubborn people, you know? I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's, just how, that's just how it is. But, um, but it was good when we were a camper. And, um, you know, Mike, I, I didn't go to sessions for a long time. Jeremy, you know, started doing that actually at a much earlier age than I did. Um, I didn't go second session. Uh, I was a first session camper my whole, my whole camp career until um what up first session <laughs> yeah go go first session until until 1991 um and uh for whatever reason i was that was my second year in and off and yeah. um i just i just wanted to stay and that's where i met you know a whole crew of people um you know who that are that are part of my life now and that it was it, it was amazing to me like back then it was and it was it was that was really an eye-opening thing for me because you know, especially as as the camp director's kid, like I thought I knew camp. Um, and second session was a very different experience for me. The, the kids were different. Like they'd been waiting for a whole month, you know, to come to camp. And they were super excited and the energy was different, I remember. And, um, and also that was the first time that I was kind of put in a place where I didn't really know anybody. I mean, I was at camp, but I didn't really know any of the kids who I was at camp with. Um, and, and so that turned out. Oh, go ahead, Leah. I'm sorry. I'm the worst. That, that same summer in 91 was when Judy and Carrie also came second session instead of their regular first session. So I wouldn't have known them until Abu Dhabi if they hadn't also come that same summer. So, yeah. so real quick, so Mike, you, didn't, you only went one session up until your last year as a camper. Were you at yep. camp 
even like after first session was over or did you go elsewhere because i guess my question is were you a staff brat uh the rest of the time or or you were not there once first session ended yeah i i was definitely a staff brat especially when i was younger i was just there with you know no program and no agenda and just running around and um, there were a couple of summers when I wasn't at camp. There was one summer when I, um, my mom and I moved home, and there was another summer when um, my mom and I actually went to Brazil for the second half of the summer, which was awesome. Wow. Um, and, and as I got older, I started to do some other things, but really by the time I started to get older, I was you know, starting to go two sessions, and then I got in Abu Dhabi. But, yeah, that's what I remember. I mean, I'd get out of camp, and then I'd you know, move up to the motel units and uh, you know, just have another free four or five weeks to do whatever I wanted. And so did you participate in camp activities? Um, you know, not many. I mean, I'd, I'd go to the pool, I think. I mean, at least that's the way I remember it. I'd go to the pool, and sometimes I'd, you know, like play in the, in the tennis tournament or something like that. But, um, and, I mean, I would, you know, I, I would do other things that were going on during the day. Like, you know, obviously, you know, I would, I would eat and I would go to, <laughs> to services and things like that, and I'd go to projects. Good so God, I would, you know, you'd just, go to services? Yeah, I know. I mean, well, every now and then, I mean... And, I, mean, I guess um, your dad's a so rabbi, like, but... <laughs> well, he didn't go to services, so most of the time. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know where that came from. But, uh, but yeah, you know, I just bum around. And, um, you know, for a kid, it was, it was great because, I mean, I had, I had everything I wanted to. And if I wanted to, to leave and go see, you know, my friends from, from Indy, then it was no problem. And so, yeah, it was, it was a nice way to spend the summer. Um, you know, it's funny because I think when, when people think about staff brats, uh, it's obviously got a very negative connotation. I don't even know if you could have a positive connotation of a brat, um, but that that was the thing. It was like right, like they weren't really playing by any of the rules. Uh, they weren't, you know, counselors couldn't tell them to do anything because they weren't really on the clock, so to speak. Um, uh, that wasn't. I don't think that was ever really our experience. Although once we were camp age. You know, we really did go to camp all summer, uh, you know, a month at Jacobs and a month at Gucci um, or, you know, some combination of that. Um, but when you think back to being a camp director's kid, like what were your – we'll go negative first because, uh, Leia, I'm sure you'll have some for this. I mean, what, were your least, what were your least favorite things about being the child of the camp director? For me, it was like – and, you know, a lot of this was just in my head – um, was that I never really believed that people liked me for me, that it was like, oh, they have to be my friend because I'm Macy's daughter, or that counselor is just being nice to me because, you know, I'm Macy's daughter. And then, of course, there was a similar to what you were talking about with Ziggy last week, like, hey, Leo, what's for lunch today? <laughs> I don't know. You know, and just kind of wherever I went, I was that's, Macy's daughter. That's so interesting because I never had that. Um, really? no, I certainly yeah. had the, Hey, tell me everything that's happening at camp. I expect you to know this, uh, right. that I had, but I don't think I ever had a moment where I questioned whether or not people liked me for me. The thing yeah. that drove me crazy was the counselors that treated me differently because I was the uh -huh. camp director's kid. Um, I've yeah. very specific memories, uh, for example, of, uh, setting the tables for uh for lunch one day and adam magnus and i ate a little bit of like you know shoestring french fries whatever while we were setting the table i saw him do it and so i did it and our counselor got mad at us and took away our canteen 
and then gave it back to Adam because he didn't know any better and didn't give it back to me because he said I should know better. And like, oh my god, I still like, I essentially still have a Steve Buscemi from uh, Billy Madison style like (laughs) people I need to kill someday list, and that counselor is on it because that shit infuriated me. Yeah, and I thought you were gonna say that he gave you your canteen back because you were Macy's <laughs> son. No, That's I was totally I, where I thought you were going with that. Right. No, I did not like it when I was held to a higher standard than I felt was yeah. you know necessary. Yeah, and I never yeah, felt- you know, you know, Mike, I had I had similar experiences with that. I I don't have any specifically that I speak that I can remember, but I do I do kind of remember that. There, there were some counselors that I had that I always kind of got the feeling that they were looking at me like, whether it was they wanted to treat me better or they wanted to treat me worse, they were like, this is the director's kid, you know. And then there were other counselors that I had who were like, great, Mike's in the cabin, you know. And it was, um, you know, it, which, was, which was awesome, you know. Those were obviously like kind of the, the best times, you know. Um, the, it's funny because one of our previous podcast guests, uh, Mike Blyden, um, who was my counselor at Jacobs a long, long time ago, uh, who's now a, a director and uh, a- actor and writer out in uh, in Hollywood, was saying that he f- he felt honored when he got uh, me in his cabin. That like that meant something. That the camp director trusted you, you know, to have his child <laughs> in his cabin. And I was like, I I don't know if anybody else ever ever looked at it that way, but yeah, you know, I appreciate yeah. it. You got to go somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, what uh, what were some of your favorite? Uh, you know, look, there. It's foolish to say there weren't perks. What uh, what did you find to be some of the perks that maybe people did or did not know about? The thing that I loved the most was that I had a set of camp keys, you know, and um, so <laughs> that was that was great to have during the summer. But it was it was also great to have you know outside of the summer times. I mean, camp was I think the biggest perk for me of you know being a camp director's kid was that. You know, people say camp is your second home, and, like, I get it, and it is, and I I believe that, and it's, you know, I I feel like people say that in kind of a metaphorical sense, and for me, it really was my second home. I mean, that's where I hung out after school. I spent weekends there. I was the resident camp director. Don't let that title fool you. I ran the kitchen, you know, when they would, like, when they would rent the camp out to youth groups and stuff, but, like, my (laughs) friends would come up from college and in high school, and, you know, we'd go work the Hobart, you know, and rent movies and stay up late and, you know, make sure that we told people to turn the lights off, and, you know, we would mop hot hour when people laughed. And, like, so those kinds of things. And, and, you know, when I was little, like, my dad would take us out there and we'd go sledding on the on the hill by the old pool that goes down to, like, you know, the boys' area and lovers' oh my and stuff. And, like, God, how fun. Like, you know, when you're five or whatever, you know, that's such a cool thing. And, you know, I used to I, – we, we used to roll up to camp and, you know um, – and, you know, we would go hang out and sit in my dad's office while he'd do whatever and screw around with his banjo and raid the canteen and just, like, all yeah. the things that kids would do if they ha- if you handed them a key <laughs> to the camp and said, go do whatever you want. You know, you'd be like, where's the Starburst? You know, like, whatever. So, you know, it was it was a really cool way to grow up. And it was, um, you know, from when I was young, like, all the way through, you know, high school and even college, um, it's it's – it's cool to have that part of it when, when there's, you know, the very like behind the scenes look where when nothing's going on and there's nobody around and, you know, take a stroll down to the athletic field and there's just nothing, you know, it was really, it was really kind of cool to be able to see camp that way. And I think that that's for me, a really big perk of, you know, having grown up with kind of camp in the family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
in uh, the summertime, my dad had a cooler full of Diet Cokes in room 16, which was pretty much the only thing I tried to take advantage of when I was like <laughs> camp or a counselor, so I would go in there and steal those. That's a good one. Um, I'm trying, so, I mean, there were definitely some positives. I mean, I have very specific memories of telling dad, Macy, that I liked a certain counselor, and sure enough, that person was my counselor. <laughs> and I got the co-counselors that I wanted. Um, so, and I don't know if that was like, I told a unit head. Like, I don't really know if that was like a Macy said, like, you're going to get this counselor next to whoever was in charge. But I always ended up with the co-counselors that I wanted. Um, and, and the counselors that I wanted when I was a kid. And just to be clear, um, that was not the case at Gucci. Did you not get all the co-counselors that you wanted at Gucci? <laughs> <laughs> That's the story for another time. <laughs> um, but, you know, um, you know, I was only on staff at Gucci one summer. And my first session, I came late because of another dumb camp that Macy made me go to. That's another story for another time. Um, so I had no say whatsoever and I ended up being really good friends with both of them for a long time. And if we'd grown up in the age of Facebook and email, we probably still would be. Um, but I, I have such great memories of my counselors from Jacob's camp. I mean, Gucci also, but that when I think about what was great for me about Jacob's, it was these, a lot of the counselors that I just loved and still love and always think about like, Oh my gosh, she's my counselor. So I just, that kind of stuff I love. You know, it, it's funny. Uh, I I have to agree with you. And Mike, I'm curious if you had that as well about like the nudge, nudge. I, that guy seems like he'd be a good counselor. Like if you got any of that. But I definitely, I remember this is such a random, specific memory. But I distinctly remember going up to uh, Michael Gettleman. Uh, I believe. Uh, well, all right. So I'm remembering the story. I may not be remembering the right person. But uh, I guess I would have been eight years old or whatever the first year of uh, camp is at, at Jacobs, entering third grade, going up to him at staff orientation and telling him that I wanted him to be my counselor. Uh, and sure enough, what's that? And was he? He was. Um, yeah, so again, could be go. Could be coincidence. That's, that's uh, pretty funny. I mean, I, thinking back on it, I guess I had some of the same kind of experiences. They were they were all people who had been Jeremy's counselors who he liked and you know told me I would like, and I'd be like, oh, I want Brian Pass to be my counselor, or Brad Lander, or whoever. And oh, hey, I want I wanted Brad Lander to be my counselor. Oh. Everybody it's, wanted wait, Brad Lander. It's to be so their funny counselor, that you know? wait, it's so funny that you say that because that's one where now I really do wonder if like I if Macy had passed that along to Ron, like uh, hey. <laughs> what what's yeah, Brad Lander, kind of what's Brad Lander think about uh, Shoresh for uh, first session this year? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, he thought about Shoresh a lot, I think. And then, you know, thinking back on it, too, you know, I was pretty blessed when I was a counselor. I mean, I was a counselor. I was a Mephonic for one year and then a counselor for two more. And, um, you know, I was pretty blessed in the in the co-counselor department when I was, you know, a counselor at camp, too. You know, I mean, I was... I was a counselor for six sessions, and three of them were with Scott Siegel. I mean, that's crazy. You know, I just <laughs> uh, I don't know how that. <laughs> that's yeah, <laughs> I know, I know, it was amazing, and uh, and a bunch. I'm not going to rattle down the list of of other names, but like a bunch of people that we had a lot of fun together with, and you know, yeah. Um, so I mean, it wasn't always like that, but yeah, makes you wonder. 
Aww. yeah um wait uh, that made me think of oh uh, you know going back real quick to uh the positive slash negatives um the the one uh thing that i that was sort of a positive of the you know the ability to be around like you talked about when uh you know when camp was was going on and you weren't a camper um you know there were moments like that uh that that we had growing up whether it was you know before we were going to gucci uh you know camp might start a few days sometimes they started a little early you know versus each other uh and you got to be there for staff orientation so you got to really get to know the staff members um yeah you go off to gucci and then come back um and kind of have already uh, you know established some friendships uh such as they were um with the staff and so that was always great um but uh my so jacob's camp when we were in the oldest unit which was entering ninth to tenth grade was a six-week session um, which wrecked havoc on if you went to two camps, obviously. And so, Leia, I feel yep. like you did this uh, the same as me. You went one I year did. at each uh, of both. Um, yeah, except my first year of Talmudim, which would have been my first year of Anaf, I went for two weeks. In right, that's right. And then left. And that still is one of the most traumatizing moments of my life. <laughs> well, so that happened to me as well. Um, but what happened my, uh, first year, I, I, so I did the same thing as you, my first year I was going to, or no, uh, this is a terrible story I'm telling. My second year is when I did that, when I went the full session to Jacobs and only went for three weeks, um, to Gucci. But my first year I went full session to Gucci and that was when I'd gotten into the Duke uh, summer program, oh, but the right. only thing they had was algebra, and I was like, "Fuck right. that noise!" And there weren't <laughs> any there weren't any beds left at Jacobs, so I was a staff brat as a high school kid um, at Jacobs. That at all. Well, so here's wow. why. I mean, here's what's that's interesting. Hard. That in and of itself is not that interesting. Um, it was super. That's really the only time I can say that I felt like awkward because. I was basically a camper without a camp, without a cabin. Like I went to activities with a cabin. I sat with a specific cabin. It was as if I was in that cabin, except that I slept at my parents' house at camp. Um, and my parents rolled a little deeper, I guess, uh, than the Klotzes because they had a, 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 an actual house, Mike, not just a couple of piddly motel units. Um, oh, yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> um, but so... But okay, so I've I've set this all up for no reason, but all of which is to say, you would think that your friends would not really care how or why you were at camp. They would just be happy to see you, especially if you didn't live in the same city. But my best friends were like so aggravated by the fact that I was at camp as a staff rat, like I had any fucking choice in the matter. It's not like I made my dad do it. He made me do it. I didn't want to do it. I didn't have a choice. And they were, like, upset with me the whole summer. And I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that. I'm laughing because you're laughing, but I'm sorry. Yeah, it sounds like a kind of a crazy summer. I mean, it was bullshit. No, I get it. Now that listen to your podcast? Yeah, that's right. Uh, yes. now, 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 to be fair, uh, I did, during Cabin Cleanup, go up to the house and eat popcorn and watch uh, The Price is Right, but they didn't know that. 
<laughs> That's hilarious. Now they do. Um, yeah, well, the cat's out of the bag. The last week of the summer, one of my cabin mates left early to go to football practice, and so I moved into the cabin for the last week of camp. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't think about it often, but when I do think about it, fuck you guys. Um, yeah. <laughs> Um, well, you know, it's t- I think it's tough too because I mean, one of the one of the you know the not so kind of things about going to camp is that you're all like everybody's in the same boat and kind of having a, a same experience and like I, I, it might have just been the kind of thing where you know you know you're, you're you're not sleeping in the cabin like they're having some kind of a different experience than you are and that that could be tough to deal with you know yeah I guess yeah I think they're just being dicks um so <laughs> very wise <laughs> one. Uh, <laughs> One one last question, and then we'll uh, we'll switch to our uh, our questionnaire. But what uh, what what would you say was the prevailing opinion of your dad as a director at Jacobs or at Gucci? <laughs> like, what what do you think was the the general consensus among campers and staff of what they were like? Macy is a hero and the best thing ever, and yeah. You think the campers thought that? And counselors. You think the counselors thought that? Yes. Okay. I'll come back to that, Mike. <laughs> I, you know, I'll, I'm going to start with that because I don't think I can say it better than Leah did. I mean, I, I think that there are a lot of people who absolutely look around clots like that, and I think a lot of times deservedly so. Yeah, I, I mean, so yeah, I mean, Leah, maybe you should answer this for my dad because you know, I mean, I think people look at people look at him as though. Um, and you know, he deserves a lot of credit for this. And I think they look at him that, you know, this place that, you know, so many people come to and send their kids to, and, you know, our friends who have kids or, you know, some, some of them send their kids to Gucci, which is, which is just a crazy thing. If you think about it. Yeah. Yeah. The community that they created and the the network, the fact that we're sitting here doing a podcast about the times that we had a camp and that kind of stuff, you know? And so I I do think that people look at him, um, at, at, you know, and my dad is, is somebody who is obviously like really instrumental in creating that. And, um, yep. yeah, you know, so I think that's the, I think that's the the positive side. And I, I think that that, you know, is where people start. And then obviously, you know, some people have more personal experiences there, whether that's they're working closer with him and, um, you know, that kind of stuff and get to see him from, you know, like a real hands-on perspective. And I, but I, I don't yeah. know how much that opinion changes from there. I mean, I, I think he's pretty well respected for that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he just, you know, he, I don't know when I, when I think about your dad, I just like, I'm very happy. I mean, I just have always loved him. And, you know, for me growing up when I felt like I was sort of out of place at high school and out of place in youth group and out of place at Jacobs, you know, that this was like my home. This was my dad. This was like the the guy who I knew was going to look after me. Yeah, and I think a lot, you know, I think a lot of parents, you know, looked at him like that too. I mean, I don't yeah. have any kids, but I imagine, you know, sending your kids off to camp, you know, it's got to be an experience where you really, you know, hopefully you trust and respect the guy who's, yeah, you know, totally. who's running the place. Right. Which I got to tell you is, is, you know, I mean, and it's, it's, it's sad that that's not the case anymore. That's not the case anymore, yeah. Gucci, right? And now <laughs> yeah, that, now that, little, now I mean, that Jeremy's running the place. <laughs> <laughs> But to yeah. me, that was the best. I mean, that. I mean, this is probably a conversation for another podcast. But it was a really hard decision for me about where to send uh, my oldest kid, who will be a first some first time camper at Jacob's camp next summer. Um, it was really hard. The fact that my camp director's son 
who is basically my age and my friend is now the camp director. I mean, that says a lot. I mean, I, I would not want to have been the camp director at Jacob's camp, although I did think about it for about five minutes. Well, and, and we've, I think we've talked about this uh, very briefly before, but Mike, uh, when the, the Jacob's camp job was open at a similar time as the Gucci job was open and yeah. people would ask me like, are you, do you have any interest? And I was like, no way. I've seen what it takes to be a camp director. I wouldn't wish that on anybody. Uh, and then I found out Jeremy took the job at Gucci and all of a sudden I was like, Oh shit. What I, was I supposed to do? Like, should I have done that? <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, yeah, well, you know, Jer, Jer is Jer. I think you know Jer is awesome. It's you know, it's also funny to watch my two nieces. They're now growing up as camp kids, you know, and they love. Oh, we should have had them like, on. <laughs> we, yeah, Jer, I mean, I it, it's funny because I like watch them, you know, having a lot of the same kind of experiences as, as I did, and and my brother who was a camp kid is now a camp parent. It's just so twisted. Um, but yeah, you know, I think Jer was, Jer is a great fit for camp and he's been so involved with them and it's been such a big part of his life. Like even after we both kind of stopped going to camp as, as counselors and unit heads and whatever, Jeremy's been one of these guys who, you know, he's been on the board and he's been involved and he spent a lot of time at camp. And like for him, that was something that I think was always was really in his heart and was kind of, it was kind of a dream job for him all of these years. It was something that he really, really wanted to do. I, I personally, I never, I mean, I love camp, but I never felt that that was the, a right fit for somebody like me. So I, I feel where you're coming from, Micah, because, like, I never wanted to do that either, you know. But, um, yeah, Jarrah's, they definitely got the right clots over there. <laughs> <laughs> um, all yeah, right. Melissa. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, all right, well, let's, uh, we'll move on at this point uh, to our Campfires and Color Wars questionnaire. Title still pending. Um the uh, this is just a few questions we'll ask uh, to get some of your more uh, more memorable camp stories, um, and you can both answer most of these. Um, the first one, <laughs> Leah, you are not allowed to answer because that would just be too weird. Uh, Mike, tell us about uh, your 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 first kiss memory from camp, or uh, or a memorable first kiss from camp if you have one. Um, I'll be happy to tell you about my first kiss memory from camp. Um, was with uh, actually happened down on campsite, which was you know I don't even know if they do that anymore. But you wait, know, when, do I know who this is? I'm gonna give you a first name, but not a last name. Her name was Maya. Okay, okay, God. And, um, For a second, I thought you were about to say Leah. <laughs> I was like, oh God, I was. I don't know. Did, did I miss something? Foil, I mean, I don't know. Foiled on my, by my own plan. <laughs> Um, but you know, campsite was like this night where they would take the younger cabins down. And so it was like a guy's cabin and a girl's cabin. And, um, so, you know, this was like before they did Kesher for an off. Yeah, exactly. What did they think was going to happen? You know, they take you down to the bottom of the field and you have a campfire and then they put you in these dinky little tents that are like cut out into this little whole area, like back in the woods. And, and like, that's it, you know, and then you get this evening time to like hang out. And so, yeah, that was, uh, that was where I got my first kiss at camp. A really, a really great campsite. Uh, yeah, I also mm. remember playing uh, Truth or Dare uh, at campsite for sure. Um, all right, number two, uh, and Leia, you may jump back in at this point. Wait, wait, hold on. <laughs> but can I say that my first kiss was at Gucci? Can I say that? You can say that. Okay, that's all I'll say. <laughs> but it was. Um, <laughs> all right, number two. What was your most memorable camp performance? Uh, if if you were in one or uh, 
or that you remember watching? Most memorable camp performance. For me, I used to, every now and then I used to play in the, you know, on Friday nights at camp, we would do that. They would play Sane and Sana and they would get like a small, you know, roving band around to, to play with what they call the Zionsville Sympathy Orchestra. Uh, and that was something I did every now and then. You know, I used to play the sax when I was a kid. And so I used to love doing, I used to love doing that stuff. It was a lot of fun on Friday nights. So yeah, I do that every now and then. I'd say that's probably my favorite performance stuff that I used to do at camp. Uh-oh. And Sana is I like love- a Yiddish song or a Hebrew song, if I remember correctly. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a Hebrew song. I can't remember what exactly. It's about it means, the directions, but, uh, right? Isn't it like north, south, uh, east, west, or something? Yeah, I'm not no, sure. Isn't <laughs> that the right one? I think. Anyway, uh, all right, Leia, your uh, your best camp performance. I mean, now that Mike has said about the Zionsville Sympathy Orchestra, I'm just having all these memories of Shabbat song session at Gucci, and always wishing that I played a musical instrument and look how cool everybody is. Um, I always wanted to be in the talent show at Jacob's Camp, but I just didn't really have any talent. <laughs> I tried out every year and never got in anything. But you were an actress um, for a while. Like, you never did, yeah, like, a monologue or a... I just... It doesn't translate well to camp. It, it doesn't. I don't know. Um, I always loved being in the audience for project because when I was younger, the Anas kids were so cool and so old and so big. And I remember Bye Bye Birdie being pretty much the best thing ever. Um, and I just, I loved project and I was really, really sad the year that I left camp early because it was my fair lady. And that's one of my favorites. And I had it in my head that I was, I would have been the lead if I had stayed at camp. And Macy ruined all of that for me. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm uh, trying to think if yeah. I could remember who the lead was, but I, I don't. And Bye Bye Birdie? Oh, I can picture my. Oh, and My Fair Lady? No, My Fair Lady. So, no. Andrea no, Lee, maybe? Um, Andrea Lee was for sure. Yeah, I don't remember her. Um, all right, number three. Uh, what was your most embarrassing moment at camp? <laughs> so I would like to preface this by <laughs> saying that every time I've listened to the podcast, I have thought to myself, "What? what is my most embarrassing camp memory? And then I would think about it, and then I would say, I should write it down. And then I'd, I'm not going to write it down. I'll remember. And then, of course, five minutes before this, I forgot what it was. So I texted my friend Andrea Fram, who I met at Gucci, and asked her what my most embarrassing camp moment was. And she didn't know, but she asked me if it was about a boy, which sparked my memory. So I think that my most embarrassing camp moment was, I think I was in, it must have been Geza, um, and Andy Gittleson asked me on the Shabbat walk, which was like the biggest deal ever, if you know who Andy Gittleson was, is, and... <laughs> And, like, we held hands during services. I remember that very clearly. And then in the middle of dinner, he's like, I'm going to go sit next to your friend, Susan Zedek. And then from that minute on, they were together for the rest of the summer. So I got dumped by Andy Gittleson in the middle of Shabbat dinner. All right. That's, wow. that's solid. It's a solid that's a pretty good one. It's a solid entry. Um, and by the way, Mike, the reason that she was – just trying to decide if she should write it down or not is because all Leia does all day long is sit staring at her phone, waiting for me to contact her to see if she would be on the podcast. I, I do. I've been waiting. I've 
Um, all right, Mike, uh, what about you? Most embarrassing uh, mine, So I was thinking about this for the last, I don't know, however many, you know, minutes when we were talking about it. And what came to my, I've had a lot of embarrassing moments at camp, I'll tell you that. But um, the one that came to my mind was actually one that I didn't really know was embarrassing at the time. Um, it took me about 20 years to really figure out how embarrassing it was. Um, we just, I guess it was about five years ago, um, you know, Leah and my Avodah 92 just had our 20-year reunion at camp, um, and I wasn't able to come. I got stuck working in San Francisco, um, but, uh, you know, my friends in Avodah decided to call me up and leave a message um, for me on my phone, because what they were doing was they were, I don't know if you guys did this, you know, Micah and, and any of the, and any of the programs you were in, but, you know, we wrote wills, you know, so at the end of the summer, we sat around and we, we, we wrote all these things to each other and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And, you know, people kept them and then they dug them up. And so when they got back to their 20 year reunion, they started reading, you know, all of the Alvada wills and stuff. And so, um, I remember Danny Hart was on the phone and, you know, called me up and, and Judy Golden was there and she was, she was on the <laughs> phone like laughing, laughing just hysterically over the phone on my voicemail when I listened to this thing about all the just horrible, not horrible, but just very embarrassing stuff that I wrote to and about my, my friends to them in these wills that I hadn't heard in about 20 years. And um, so that really just kind of made my face turn red when I heard those things. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah, I don't, um, well, I didn't do Avodah or, or Kibbutz at Jacobs because I was in the transition to the uh, Israel trip. Um, but, uh, yeah, Dad, I would, I was the best summer of my life. Now, yeah, now I wish I'd done it just so I could have written a will and then embarrass myself <laughs> yeah. 20 minutes, 20 years later. Um, all right. Yeah. Number four, top bunk or bottom bunk? Top bunk. It was different at different camps. And this is so bizarre. So at Jacob's that camp, is bizarre. I had to be on the, because at Jacob's camp, I had to be on the top bunk because the distance between the bottom bunk and the top bunk at Jacob's camp on the old beds, the metal framed ones, was so small that I couldn't sit up um, all the way because <laughs> I'm tall. And at Gucci, there was a lot of space, and so you could sit up on your bottom bunk. So at Gucci, mm. I was bottom bunk. At Jacob, I was top bunk. Interesting. You really, you were like two different people. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, all right, number five. What is your best cursing story from camp? <laughs> I've been thinking about this for a long time. Mike, you go. I don't know. Uh, what's, what's yours going to be? So, okay. So someone else, I think, was talking about this, and that's what made me remember. But so when I was in Avodah and on staff, and I'm sure they did this before then, but I wasn't privy to it because I wasn't in the staff area, is that a lot of the male counselors would teach their little kid campers um, this is horrible. Words and tell them that they meant something else. Like, for example, um, Mike, you may, I'll tell you who this is later, taught their eight, nine, ten-year-old boys that cunnilingus was Hebrew for bug juice. <laughs> and so they... It's not? Like, <laughs> saying it at, at camp, but then, like, I don't know if... It just like we were just imagining what it would be like to say it at home or that someone knew that it had actually happened. But kids going home and be like, hey, mom, can I have some kind of lingus? And they're like, what? <laughs> yeah, not good. No. And those kids wound up writing for Saturday Night Live. <laughs> yep. Yeah, right. <laughs> Colonel Angus. Uh, uh, Mike? 
Um, mine was mine was probably. I remember that there was when I was in cabin eighteen, we pulled a, a cunt like a prank on another cabin, and it was not. It was really not nice. Um, and uh, we, you know, one of the things that wasn't great about being a, a camp kid was like, you know, a camp director's kid was getting in trouble, you know, and getting yelled at by the camp director because you know. I don't know. I just kind of sat there and snickered a little bit because that was one of the things I don't. I don't think he could. He could pull off too well was to scare me. But you know, so I'm sitting there with my cap. I remember that there was this one. This one time, it was bad enough that we got held after dinner, and so uh, you know, my dad was. You know, they were like bringing. That is bad. Yeah, they were. Like, they held us after dinner, and they were like bringing in the big guns. So you know, they're like Ron Klotz is going to come talk to us, and we we're like, oh shit, you know. And um, and so he came and and he sat down, um, and everybody was like, you know terrified and whatever and he goes and he just turns to us and he goes so i guess you guys all think you're some hot shit don't you and that was like <laughs> that, that was the end of it for us and like everybody was like white and i was kind of like i mean <gasps> chuckling a little bit because you know whatever that yeah. but that was that was for me you know my dad used to like to do that he was like you know one good you know curse word effectively chosen you know can have a real good impact that was the that's the one i probably remember the most so that it's funny that you say that because uh there are very few instances in my life where I was like shocked by profanity. And this is, this is an audio medium. So I apologize that no one can see the look on the face that I'm making when I say that. Um, one of them is, uh, when we were in long beach, Mississippi, uh, at oh, a friend's bar mitzvah and some high school kids <laughs> prank called our room at three o'clock in the morning. And our mom, who was like the sweetest person on the planet, like answers the phone and then goes fuck you and slams the phone down so that's one i remember that so vividly yeah same here like we both thought it was a dream and the next morning we're like i had the strangest dream last night leah she's like i did too so the second moment of extreme shock at profanity was um my first year uh of enough um, Gesher, and that was called Gesher, Kesher. What's the trip with the camping Kesher, trip? Yeah. Kesher. So it's a three, four day camping trip for the oldest unit. Um, and I had an asthma attack cause I was super cool. Um, <laughs> and, and didn't get to go, uh, when they left and Jacob Alexander was my counselor. Um, and he hung oh, back, uh, had to <laughs> hang back with me. And it's actually kind of funny thinking about being a staff brat. I was the staff brat at, at Gucci for one day. Uh, we hung out in the staff lounge and watched movies and we raided the canteen. Um, and in fact, I'd forgotten all about that until he reminded me of it not that long ago. Um, but all of that is to say that I was better ish the next day and your dad drove us out to Kesher and we stopped at McDonald's on the way to get lunch. And I, I don't know what exactly was going on, but there was some shenanigans happening with the drive through and your dad was not happy about it and when we, when we pulled up to the to the line he just started cursing out the cashier and i mean dropping <laughs> f-bombs left and right and i mean ask jacob the look on my face because i had never seen that from your dad and he's you know he's a big guy and can be intimidating just like you said i was just like what is happening right now <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's hilarious <laughs> it, was, it was pretty awesome um, he must have uh, messed with his coffee or something. Probably. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, he asked for uh, an extra large fries. Um, all right, uh, moving on to our uh, last segment, uh, Bitches and Roses. This is a chance to 
It's like we do with the old days at camp, say one good thing and one bad thing going on in our lives can be micro level or macro. Um, Leia, let you uh, lead things off. Um, it's funny that you use the terms micro and macro because those are big, hot item social work terms, and we talk about that all the time at That's work. That's exactly um, why I brought it up. I figured that's why. <laughs> um, let's see. So, roses, something good that's happening is, um, I don't know if you've heard, but there's this really funny podcast called Campfires and Color Wars where people go and talk about camp, and I really have wanted to be on it for so long, and then I finally was asked to do it. Um, and I think the ditch is that, well, the good news is that I've been on this good exercise kick for like a year, which is really, really good. And the bad news is that I am injured and cannot do a lot of the stuff that I was doing before, which is annoying and a total first world problem. Yeah, that's never good. I I run and, uh, I do it because it's the least resistance thing to do. Like I can just walk outside and do it. I don't need a swimming pool or weights or anything. And it's yeah. great, but if I get a cold or something and can't run for like a week or two, and it feels like I'm starting all the way back from zero, which sucks yep. for running. So yep. I, f- I feel you on that one. Uh, Mike, what about you? Well, I'll start with my, with my bitches since we're talking about exercise, which is that I'm, I also used to be a runner, but it's been a long, long time for me. And so I'm getting ready to start that, which is which is probably a good thing. And I'm also not injured, so it's actually this is actually turning out to be a better thing than I thought. But the bad part about this is just that I know that the first week or two weeks of doing this is just really going to hurt and be painful. But you know, got to start somewhere. So I'm really really looking forward to that. Um, the roses are I've got two of them. One is that. Uh, uh, my wife and I just moved into a, into a new house over in Oakland, which is just kind of an awesome change of pace in life for us, and we're really happy there and kind of getting settled, so that's been really exciting. Um, and the other is that we're planning a, a vacation to Cuba, so we're really excited to kind of go check out, um, you know, some have a real cool travel adventure together for, you know, a couple of weeks. So very excited awesome. about that. That is awesome. Yeah. Um, well, my, uh, my bitch, um, is, uh, it's related to my rose. Um, I'll say my rose first cause that'll set up. Uh, we just got back from a vacation of our own, um, to Mexico, uh, which was a lot of fun. We went to just like an, you know, resort, uh, near, uh, near Cancun for a few days, left the kids at home with, uh, with the grandparents and got away, which was very nice. I highly recommend it. For anybody uh, that has the opportunity, um, my bitch is that while we were there, we got suckered into uh, sitting through the sales presentation for the gift exchange. Um, we got uh, we did get three hundred dollars in in resort credit at the spa, uh, so we did get massages, which was nice. Um, but uh, man, those things are so painful, and uh, it was very much like Leia. I know you'll get this reference, Mike. I don't know if you were a big fan of Friends. Uh, back in the day, but it was like when they wanted to quit the gym, like you yeah. just could not say no to enough people yeah. to get out of yeah. there. Um, and they'd be like, the <laughs> and they'd be like, yeah, no, we're going to get your gift right now. Let, let's just have four more people sit down at this table and try to talk you into this thing. Um, I mean, it was just so aggravating and it's like, we're the assholes because we signed up for it. So what do we expect? Um, right. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I go back and forth. Uh, I love a good deal, and three hundred dollars, uh, you know, in resort credit is pretty is pretty helpful. But uh, it was pretty painful. So, 
too bad so sad our own faults um all right well with that uh that is our show um again please subscribe to the podcast on itunes soundcloud or any other podcast listening tools we can find remember to follow us on facebook and twitter we are at summer camp pod if you want to send in your stories about camp directors and their children and fun or annoying <laughs> memories of any of them. Honestly, I, I was thinking who else we could talk to. I didn't really know, surprisingly, I feel like, given how extended our camp networks are, that we don't really know any other people who were, who yeah. were camp directors' kids. But uh, if you have funny yeah. stories about uh, staff brats and whatnot, uh, please send them in along with any other questions, comments, guest suggestions, topic suggestions, or just a message about what's on your mind. You can contact us through social media or you can email us at summercamppod at gmail.com. If you want to hear more from me, I'm on Twitter at Micah Hart and I moonlight on Instagram making fun of my favorite game, Words with Friends, at Rejected WWF. Uh, Leah, where can people find you online if you uh, so choose? Uh, I just need Facebook and email and I'm, I'm on Twitter, but I don't really... Not that good at it, but it's at UW Leia Sarah. All right. And Mike, any, uh, anything, For you me, wanna, not, anything you want to plug or uh, where can people find you on uh, online? You can find me on my phone or on my email and uh, not too many places online, but you can give Facebook a shot as long as you're very, very patient with me. <laughs> he will not write that. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, uh, we will see you next time on Campfires and Color Wars. Don't waste a minute, Leia. Don't waste a minute, Micah and Mike. Don't waste a minute, you guys. Happiness runs in a circular motion. Thought is like a little boat upon the scene. Everybody is a part of everything anyway. You can have everything if you let yourself be.